Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this Wednesday episode, The War Within. This Wednesday, we're at war within, and we are in a culture war, and we are seeing our culture change in many ways when it has to do with our institutions and our society, how we handle things here at home and around the world. We'll be discussing those topics after some inspiration. Our inspiration today is talking about troubled souls and honest prayers. Three days before a bomb blast rocked his home in January 1957, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had an encounter that marked him for the rest of his life. After receiving a threatening phone call, King found himself pondering an exit strategy from the civil rights movement. Then prayers emerged from his soul. I am here taking a stand for what I believe is right, but now I am afraid. I have nothing left. I've come to the point where I can't face it alone. After his prayer, there came quiet assurance. King noted, almost at once, my fears began to go. My uncertainty disappeared. I was ready to face anything. In John 12, Jesus acknowledged, my soul is troubled. He was transparently honest about his internal disposition. Still, he was God-centered in his prayer. Father, glorify your name. Jesus' prayer was one of surrender to God's will. How human is it for us to feel the pangs of fear and discomfort when we find ourselves with the option of honoring God or not, when wisdom requires making hard decisions about relationships, habits, or other patterns, good or bad? No matter what we're faced with, as we boldly pray to God, He'll give us the strength to overcome our fear and discomfort and do what brings glory to Him for our good and for the good of others. Heavenly Father, please help us to face challenging things honestly and prayerfully that are for our good and will bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, things that will bring him glory. I I think when we look at our constitution, our form of governance, we, we look at a rule of law that is to bring peace among people, to respect individual rights. It's not about this group theory, group think, the way that we've been culturally divided into groups. I don't think we have to have a cultural kumbaya, but I think that we have to have a rule of law and certain decency. And we see what's going on in the world and in the news, and we're not seeing enough of that common decency. Of course, if it bleeds, it leads, and that's what we see in the news. But we have a personal story to tell here on Right Spokane Perspective. Shannon and I traveled over to Olympia just this last weekend, and we were supposed to be staying in a hotel near the Capitol in Olympia, and there was a protest that was uh, ensuing, and that is not something that I'm unaccustomed to. I've made lots of trips over the years to Olympia to talk to representatives, to work on legislation with representatives. Sometimes it's to uh, work on uh, amendments to to the law, or sometimes it's to talk to representatives about problematic areas of laws being proposed. So all of my travels over to Olympia, pretty commonly there are different groups that come together for 
whatever reason, whether it's uh, education or the pro-life issue or, you know, the LGBTQ issue, or I've seen lots of different kinds of movements visiting the Capitol so that they can be seen and look for representation to recognize whatever issue that they came to the Capitol for. They bring signs. There's rules around signs. I remember a few years back, well, I guess it's been more than a few years, maybe over a decade ago now, where uh, there was, uh, I think, some union laws and negotiations that weren't going too well. And the union members actually went inside the Capitol and used their signs, which just happened to have very sturdy uh, sign handles. And they used those handles to do damage inside the Capitol building. And uh, some of them were wheeled nearly as weapons. So they made rules around not having signs inside the Capitol because of the behavior of, of certain individuals. Now, I haven't seen a whole lot of damage to the Capitol because of groups visiting. I know that it does occur. But when we were there this last weekend, there was a pro-Palestine or I would say anti-Jew, anti-Israel gathering. And, of course, we saw folks wearing the Muslim Brotherhood symbols. And, and of course, this is a, a religious and cultural thing down in the Middle East. In the United States, people have the, the right to freedom of speech, of course, to visit the capital. So we went to the hotel and we saw that this, these things were going on. For me, it wasn't too uncommon. Shannon was thinking, I'm not sure about this. She was already thinking this might not be the place to be. But then we went and did a few things, came back to the hotel and found that on Capitol Way, right there in front of the Capitol, including the hotel, there was a whole bunch of graffiti that had been, you know, marked on different buildings. And, and you know, why the hotel? I'm not sure. But there was a bunch of different buildings, and I'm not so sure how much damage they did on the Capitol itself, defacing statues and, you know, historical structures. But we did see that the Secretary of State building down uh, from the hotel was also defaced. And I think that's where we have to look at different groups. Lots of groups gather. Of course, we have the right to assemble, and we have the right to protest government actions, and, uh, you know, for a redress of our grievances. But I think it's a fine line that we are allowing property destruction on private properties, on government-owned properties, on public property that costs us all money, whether it's in the private sector. I know that that hotel lost uh, a lot of customers that day because we actually moved to a different hotel and there was all of a sudden a bunch of people in fatigues that showed up to the hotel that we moved to. And I talked to one of the guys. I'm like, hey, I, I'm glad you're here. We feel really safe with I was the glad they were there. Army National Guard in our hotel. But what was interesting to me was that they were supposed to stay in that hotel that got vandalized. From. And so there's protesters that are out of control breaking the law. And instead of the National Guard, is that the, or rather, the National Guard? Olympia Police. Why, why did they not get called to action? Hey, we need you to, you know, secure the area and stop vandalism and damage to private property and public property. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But that hotel obviously lost a lot of money that day because a lot of people canceled because of the activities that were going on, not just outside the hotel, but also inside the hotel because people had traveled there from other places around the state or the region to 
help in this protest. And I think we have to draw a line. Obviously, you have freedom of speech. You don't have the freedom to damage property. And what we've allowed to happen, if we look over the last few years with our anti-policing policies where criminals are not really held accountable, I think that we talked about a fellow just the other day that was part of a violent assault and then was let out the very same day. This cultural movement is outside of the rule of law. And I think if we're going to maintain the rule of law, we have to maintain the standards. And we had a discussion on a show about the new terminology we're using, community custody, right? We're just going to let people out. But there's also new terminologies that they want to use in the prosecution and judicial system with victims and criminals that create victims. And they want to call them what? Justice-involved persons. This kind of terminology means that they're justice-involved persons, the victim and the criminal. They're going to use the same terminology. Wait a minute. What, what, what happened to the alleged crime and alleged criminal and victim? They're just going to be justice-involved individuals? Well, if they're justice-involved, it means that they don't have to have, there's no accountability. And that's where we're going to. And But we've done this also. I mean, you look at the January 6th stuff, the extent that they've gone there with those justice-involved individuals. Well, what are we doing with all of these riots that are going on? We put up with it uh, during covid we put up with it. They got to get together and everything else, but you know, employers were fined, businesses couldn't open, and they were threatened and fined. So we have a, it's not just a two-tiered justice system. It is a chaotic, unreasonable, incomprehensible system that no, everybody's like, well, I don't know. Do we have to do the speed limit? No, because everybody's speeding. It used to be you took your five over. Now you take 15 over because really we don't have the police to deal with that. And do police really feel like they need to find people for traffic infractions when they can't arrest people for creating victims of property crime or or things far worse? Breaking not- windows. Um, how about lighting cop cars on fire? Let's right. go back to the last elections between uh, Trump and Hillary, right? It was complete chaos in the streets and none of those people saw prosecutions like we're seeing oh, January no. 6th. Well, it was just, it was crazy because it was on video too. So you see these people doing these things and and there's hundreds or thousands of people in the streets and there's all this property damage that happened. I mean, it just sticks in my mind. I think it was a CNN reporter, maybe it was in MSNBC. I don't remember the reporter, but he was standing in front of I think it was cop cars on fire and buildings on fire. And he said, mostly peaceful protest. Mostly peaceful protest. Yeah. So we're lying to ourselves. people are looting the rest of the materials that were inside the buildings as well. So it's not yeah. just the property damage. They they also lost the inventories the the, to make the money to, to pay to fix the property damage. And so we don't see enough accountability here. So like with anything else, if you don't hold the line, I mean, look at a child. This is obvious psychology. You let a child get away with hitting or biting another child, then they're, you know, if you allow the behavior, you're going to get more of it. And at this point in time, we talked about the war on ourselves a couple of Wednesdays ago. We are subsidizing it. How many of these individuals that are out in the streets committing crimes are on subsidy programs? Do they have time to get off work for a protest? Now, the protest that we saw where there was damage, it was on a weekend and, you know, not everyone works nine to five, but we saw these protests that lasted days and weeks when it had to do with like the George Floyd incident. Well, okay. What we just saw happen in Olympia 
has to do with uh, really a religious war that's being waged on Israel from Hamas, right? Radical Islamic terrorists. And why are we having riots here? Just as the same thing, why did we have riots all over the country where we saw cities that had minority business owners where their businesses were defaced, ruined, looted because of a police action on a criminal in another part of the country? None of those people knew them. This was just an excuse for them to create political terrorism. This is terrorism that we're putting up with when they use politics. Look up the definition of domestic terrorists, political terrorists. They are using political issues that may have nothing to do with an area or their their surrounding government because it's a foreign policy issue or it's an issue in another state. They're using this excuse to terrorize a community and, and obviously victims of many different religions and races. Well, I guess justice involved individuals, except for there is no justice for them because there's nothing happening to these terrorists that are defacing property and threatening people and creating obviously an environment that is unsafe for a lot of folks. So there's no accountability. We're going to have this internal war continue until we say, look, we're going to have the rule of law. We don't care what your issue is. If you deface property, you're going to be held accountable. And we have to go down that road of this internal war that we're having is going to get worse. This internal war that we're allowing that we're subsidizing, every time there's an issue, we're going to see more of it. So we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. We'll talk about some more in a moment. We are in the Thanksgiving season, and here at the Right Spokane Perspective, we want to thank you, the listeners, for listening, and we want to thank those listeners that have helped support the show, keep the show on the air by sending those donations to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, PO Box 7620-99207, or who've gone to the website and donated. They've kept us on the air. We've just finished up pretty much a, a campaign season where we've provided those candidate interviews to you, the listener, and we want to appreciate those listeners out there who have used those interviews to help inform their family, friends, and neighbors on who the candidates are. So in this thankful season, when we get together with our family, we want to thank them again for being a part of our lives, and we want to thank you, the listeners, for being a part of ours. Happy Thanksgiving. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this War Within Wednesday episode. You know, we've we've got this situation where we've got Thanksgiving coming up, Shannon. And you know what that's about. Thanksgiving, it was, you know, the colonists. The Mayflower. Why, why wouldn't we expect riots, you know? They got they got rid of Columbus Day, right? Yes. Maybe Thanksgiving is the next one to go. We got Thanksgiving coming up. Maybe we shouldn't be thankful. Maybe we, we should be out riding in the streets with the other loonies that want to tear down colonizers because that was one of the themes in the Palestinian protests as well is basically to take down the West. That's what it was. And we're folks that are listening to this on air. We are going to post pictures of what we found spray painted down on Capitol Boulevard. So if you look it up on Facebook or Getter or MeWe, you'll be able to see pictures of actually what was done in those comments. As I looked through some of the news coverages uh, that was done by the Olympian or some of the other Olympian news sources, I did not find 
Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but I did not find any mention of any of the defacing of property um, or or anything like that. It said there was pre- peaceful protests being held in Olympia and continued to tell the story. We are obviously have a different story, <laughs> and we have pictures to go with it. So M- go check it peaceful. out on at least on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, look for look for the link for today's show, and you're going to find pictures that go along with the war within Wednesday. So. Obviously, it was a mostly peaceful protest, and we didn't see a reporter with, uh, you know, damage uh, to the community behind them because we didn't actually see news coverage on it. We stayed at a different hotel, and I was fully expecting to see one of, you know, I think we looked at Como News. I don't think we looked at King, but we, we looked at Area News, and we did not see any reporting of the defacing of our state capital uh, by these protesters on the news, but there was subsequent stories that got done in the newspaper. So maybe there was images. I didn't see any, but, but we're going to share ours, but we can share our images. And I, and I think that we have to, you know, obviously the narratives in the news, mostly peaceful protests. No, it when, wasn't peaceful for no, the businesses well, that lost business that day. It wasn't peaceful for the Jews or people from Israel that are in the community that hear chants of free Palestine or from the river to the sea. Okay. They're talking about the total annihilation. annihilation. Yeah. The total annihilation of the Jewish people. They're talking about mass genocides here. So this is not, this is not mostly peaceful. So we've seen protests. I've seen plenty at the Capitol and most of them are peaceful. Most of them, they clean up after themselves. They don't leave a, a giant mess, but these ones that do, they sh- there should be people that are held accountable. And we. this is the interesting thing. We did not see protests in the street against Hamas and the support of Hamas uh, because the Palestinian people obviously support Hamas because they, they obviously have a, a, a death wish for all of the Jews in what they're chanting in these protests here in the United States. They obviously don't care about the the other Jewish people, they don't recognize their rights to, to live or to have uh And to land. chant about the death of people on U.S. soil, let's just, uh, in downtown Olympia, is that not considered hate speech? Is that not right. considered racial, it's racial, racial slurs, tensions, obviously. racial tensions? Yeah. When we saw that media coverage on that, you didn't see it, I don't think, on the mainstream medias, but coverage videos coming from college campuses where they're intimidating and we see pounding on the windows. We have, we have Jews that have locked themselves in and they're pounding on the windows, telling them they're going to kill them and nobody's standing up to stop them on, on, on Washington soil, not only us soil, but Washington soil. That's right. And I think we have to demand, you know, we fund the government to have rule of law. If we're not going to have rule of law and our government is going to, in some cases, encourage this behavior, Right? We well, see. they're not stopping it, so silence is compliance, right? Exactly, and our government is complicit in this internal war we're having. And the reason why is because we don't have the rule of law. We have groups out there that feel that they can destroy statues, destroy our history, public property defaced all around the country over hyped-up narratives. Sure, there's things that happen that people can protest, that they can disagree with, uh, you know, like a law enforcement officer taking actions that were too aggressive for whatever the situation, but it doesn't mean you can destroy property. It doesn't mean that you can assault people and burn down cities. 
And I think that we better start drawing the line now or we're going to see the very same thing this next summer. As tensions rise in different places around the world because of our failing foreign policy or as tensions rise in our own country and we allow these folks to just destroy private property and public property, we're going to see more of that behavior. We're looking at an election cycle that is probably going to be one of the most divisive election cycles in at least my lifetime. And I see it ramping up. And the reason why it's ramping up is because we're allowing criminal activity to be the new freedom of speech. We're allowing terrorism, which is violent acts for political means, that is terrorism, to occur in our country, on our capital, right here in Washington, and in college universities that tax dollars support. We've got an administration that says he wants to get rid of college debt. Really? I think that if people are on a college campus and they're destroying public property and they're spewing what they would call hate speech if it was done in other areas of the culture, don't cancel their debt. Cancel their subscription. Kick them out of the school. Should they be allowed on campus if they're doing damage to the property that if they're bullying other university students while well, doing or anywhere damage. these protests have turned into who can be the bigger bully right having a protest chanting through downtown it seems to have turned into equaling i get to destroy somebody else's property because i'm not they're throwing tantrums is what they're doing well and, and scream profanities and you know call for the death of people this is not freedom of speech was for a redress of our concerns about government freedom of speech is for many things you know i definitely freedom of speech if you, it's political ideologies or have political your signs. ideas have your signs talk about march policy. through downtown you know don't you ruin can, people's stuff right don't block streets don't intimidate people i don't think i think we're, we've allowed freedom of speech for certain groups of political action or movements to be something different than for other groups, groups that want the rule of law and the Constitution and our country's future maintained, they're squelched, they're demonized, they're controlled. If they get out of hand, they'll get arrested. Just like we didn't see the Jews out in the streets defacing property and doing damage around the country and on college campuses. I'm going to say something really controversial. We saw Antifa. Yeah, we did. We saw, you know, basically this far leftist Marxist group of, you know, collection of groups that want to see the downfall of our country. I don't think we can tolerate that unless we're okay with that happening. I see more officers on the side of the road across the street from Planned Parenthood while there are people singing hymns than I saw on Capitol Boulevard trying to stop people from spray painting on the businesses down there. Well, that's the issue. I mean, that's that's the difference in the issue. If you are looking to preserve life, and here's the difference of, of Western culture and Judeo-Christian values differing from the radical Hamas Islamic terrorist view. Our view is to preserve life, to preserve individual liberty, to preserve uh, the pro- property rights, to preserve the rule of law. They want death and destruction. They want Sharia law. They want a theocratic tyranny. That's not what our constitution is is for. That's not what our culture has stood on. And if we allow this behavior, if we allow our government, who we greatly fund with lots of money, to support by silence, to support by, like in this case, 
did they send the National Guard out to find the individuals that were doing property crimes? No, they were just there for a routine thing. Okay, well, did we see people being arrested for damaging property? No, we, we didn't. Again, I'm going to say silence is compliance. And the real meaning of that phrase is to not become desensitized to injustice or make it the norm. As Einstein once said, the world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them without doing anything. It teaches us that we should be angry at such injustice. We should be angry that people are not being held accountable. We should be angry that there are no repercussions for actions that create more victims. Well, it's obvious the Bible says that he despises the lukewarm and will spew them out of his mouth. And the reason why is because it's just like the analogy of the child. If you allow a child that's out of control to, you know, assault other children, bite them, hit them, whatever, then you allow one child to control a family, to control a classroom, to control a community, because everyone has to put up with that drug addict that's stealing the stuff off of our porches. That's doing, we, we see this everywhere. We are at war within in so many ways. We have a mixture of cultures that have different uh, backgrounds, different ideologies, and that's only fine if there is an understanding of lawful ethical behavior in our country remember the constitution was only written for a moral people is it moral to destroy property is it moral to threaten whole cultures in other countries is it moral to to, to destroy and deface property that is historical like the statues that we've seen i don't care if people agree with them or not if it if there's history and we don't preserve the truth or artifacts that we're paid for by the tax dollars or even private parties, then are we going to preserve our future? Are we going to preserve a, a future that has the rule of law or is it going to be the rule of rioters? If we don't have examples of what happened in the past, we're doomed to repeat it. Absolutely. And I think that if we look at the movements that are going on right now, obviously the, the tension is between countries, regardless of where someone stands on the issue. Is it righteous to allow the wholesale murdering of civilian citizens. That's what happened in Israel. And protests go on now to say they're not supposed to respond to that. They're I'm not, not supposed to protect themselves. I'm not an expert in Middle Eastern politics, and I'm not an expert of law, but I know that if we don't preserve the law in our country, on our streets, with a mixed culture of people from all over the world, we can expect that anytime some group or group of groups is unhappy with an occurrence around the world, then they can just destroy our capital and do property damage in every city. I don't think we want that future. I think that we need to tell our lawmakers that we support having the rule of law. We don't want police to become tyrannical. I don't want to see riots in the streets squelch, you know, violence versus violence. But there has to be a place where we draw the line and we say, this is not freedom of speech. This is political intimidation by domestic terrorism. And if they're a college student, if it's on a college campus, our lawmakers need to make it clear, we're not gonna pay off their student loans, for one. They're gonna get kicked out of university. Their sponsorships are going to be canceled. If they're from another country here on a student visa, that visa is gonna be canceled. They're gonna be sent home, wherever that home is. And I don't care what the issue is. We have to draw the line. It doesn't matter what the political issue is. If you do violence 
and threaten people and you are subsidized in one way or you are granted certain privileges, if you are granted certain privileges by our country or a state or university system by taxpayers, you will be held accountable and you will lose those benefits, even if it's welfare benefits. If we're subsidizing, like we've talked about, we're subsidizing the, the drug problem, we need to start holding the line on the rule of law, regardless of the issue. If there's individuals that are being targeted, we need to have the rule of law stand or we're going to lose this country. We're already losing our, our communities because we're not upholding the law. And that law needs to be upheld regardless of the group, the issue, or the political narratives. We need to get away from political narratives and find the truth and have a justice system that recognizes crime, criminals, hold them accountable, and look at the victims to see that they have justice, not that they are justice-involved individuals. It's pathetic what we allowed to happen. And we need to remember that there is a danger to silence. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. The ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and the cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over that by which the good people don't speak. There comes a time when silence is nothing more than betrayal. That's right. So, Rice Spokane perspective has not been silent. It doesn't matter who it is. The law needs to be fair. The law needs to be blind, and it needs to be enforced. Otherwise, we're heading into chaos, folks. I don't want to see this next political season and the culture of the rule of law where children are afraid to play in the streets, that we live in a tyranny of tyrants that have political ideologies to destroy our our country. That being said, we are out of here, and uh, we will be back with you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.